Section nine of Confessions, volumes three and four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes three and four, by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section nine. The chapter of Geneva where so many princes and bishops formerly thought it an honour to be seated though in exile it lost its ancient splendour retained without any diminution its pride to be admitted you must either be a gentleman or doctor of the sorbonne if there is a pardonable pride after that derived from personal merit it is doubtless that arising from birth though in general priests having laymen in their service treat them with sufficient haughtiness and thus the canons behaved to poor le maitre the chanter in particular who was called the abbe de vidonne in other respects a well-behaved man but too full of his nobility did not always show him the attention his talents merited monsieur le maitre could not bear these indignities patiently and this year during passion week they had a more serious dispute than ordinary at an institution dinner that the bishop gave the canons and to which monsieur le maitre was always invited the abbe failed in some formality adding at the same time some harsh words which the other could not digest he instantly formed the resolution to quit them the following night nor could any consideration make him give up his design though madame de varens whom he went to take leave of spared no pains to appease him he could not relinquish the pleasure of leaving his tyrants embarrassed for the easter feast at which time he knew they stood in greatest need of him he was most concerned about his music which he wished to take with him but this could not easily be accomplished as it filled a large case and was very heavy and could not be carried under the arm madame de varens did what i should have done in her situation and indeed what i should yet do after many useless efforts to retain him seeing he was resolved to depart whatever might be the event she formed the resolution to give him every possible assistance i must confess le maitre deserved it of her for he was if i may use the expression dedicated to her service in whatever appertained to either his art or knowledge and the readiness with which he obliged gave a double value to his complaisance thus she only paid back on an essential occasion the many favours he had been long conferring on her though i should observe 
she possessed a soul that to fulfil such duties had no occasion to be reminded of previous obligations accordingly she ordered me to follow le maitre de lyon and to continue with him as long as he might have occasion for my services she has since avowed that a desire of detaching me from venture had a great hand in this arrangement she consulted claude annet about the conveyance of the above-mentioned case he advised that instead of hiring a beast at annecy which would infallibly discover us it would be better at night to take it to some neighbouring village and there hire an ass to carry it to Cécile, in which being in the french dominions we should have nothing to fear this plan was adopted we departed the same night at seven and madame de varence under pretence of paying my expenses increased the purse of poor le maitre by an addition that was very acceptable claude annet the gardener and myself carried the case to the first village then hired an ass and the same night reached Cécile. i think i have already remarked that there are times in which i am so unlike myself that i might be taken for a man of a direct opposite disposition i shall now give an example of this m redelet curate of Cécile, was canon of st peter's consequently known to m le maitre and one of the people from whom he should have taken most pains to conceal himself my advice on the contrary was to present ourselves to him and under some pretext entreat entertainment as if we visited him by consent of the chapter le maitre adopted the idea which seemed to give his revenge the appearance of satire and waggery in short we went boldly to Redelet, who received us very kindly le maitre told him he was going to bellet by desire of the bishop that he might superintend the music during the easter holidays and that he proposed returning that way in a few days to support this tale i told a hundred others so naturally that m redelet thought me a very agreeable youth and treated me with great friendship and civility we were well regaled and well lodged m redelet scarcely knew how to make enough of us and we parted the best friends in the world with a promise to stop longer on our return we found it difficult to refrain from laughter or wait till we were alone to give free vent to our mirth indeed even now the bare recollection of it forces a smile for never was waggery better or more fortunately maintained 
this would have made us merry during the remainder of our journey if monsieur le maitre who did not cease drinking had not been two or three times attacked with a complaint that he afterwards became very subject to and which resembled an epilepsy these fits threw me into the most fearful embarrassments from which i resolved to extricate myself with the first opportunity according to the information given to m redelet we passed our easter holidays at bellet and though not expected there were received by the music-master and welcomed by every one with great pleasure m le maitre was of considerable note in his profession and indeed merited that distinction the music-master of bellet who was fond of his own works endeavoured to obtain the approbation of so good a judge for besides being a connoisseur m le maitre was equitable neither a jealous ill-natured critic nor a servile flatterer he was so superior to the generality of country music-masters and they were so sensible of it that they treated him rather as their chief than a brother musician having passed four or five days very agreeably at bellet we departed and continuing our journey without meeting with any accidents except those i have just spoken of arrived at lyon and were lodged at notre dame de pitié while we waited for the arrival of the before-mentioned case which by the assistance of another lie and the care of our good patron m de redelet we had embarked on the rhone m le maitre went to visit his acquaintance and among others father Cateau, a cordelier who will be spoken of hereafter and the abbe d'orton count of lyon both of whom received him well but afterwards betrayed him as will be seen presently indeed his good fortune terminated with m redelet two days after our arrival at lyon as we passed a little street not far from our inn le maitre was attacked by one of his fits but it was now so violent as to give me the utmost alarm i screamed with terror called for help and naming our inn entreated some one to bear him to it then while the people were assembled and busy round a man that had fallen senseless in the street he was abandoned by the only friend on whom he could have any reasonable dependence i seized the instant when no one heeded me turned the corner of the street and disappeared thanks to heaven i have made my third painful confession if many such remained i should certainly abandon the work i have undertaken of all the incidents i have yet related 
a few traces are remaining in the places where i have lived but what i have to relate in the following book is almost entirely unknown these are the greatest extravagances of my life and it is happy they had not worse conclusions my head if i may use the simile screwed up to the pitch of an instrument it did not naturally accord with had lost its diapason in time it returned to it again when i discontinued my follies or at least gave in to those more consonant to my disposition this epoch of my youth i am least able to recollect nothing having passed sufficiently interesting to influence my heart to make me clearly retrace the remembrance in so many successive changes it is difficult not to make some transpositions of time or place i write absolutely from memory without notes or materials to help my recollection some events are as fresh in my idea as if they had recently happened but there are certain chasms which i cannot fill up but by the aid of recital as confused as the remaining traces of those to which they refer it is possible therefore that i may have erred in trifles and perhaps shall again but in every matter of importance i can answer that the account is faithfully exact and with the same veracity the reader may depend i shall be careful to continue it my resolution was soon taken after quitting le maitre i set out immediately for annecy the cause and mystery of our departure had interested me for the security of our retreat this interest which entirely employed my thoughts for some days had banished every other idea but no sooner was i secure and in tranquillity than my predominant sentiment regained its place nothing flattered nothing tempted me i had no wish but to return to madame de varens the tenderness and truth of my attachment to her had rooted from my heart every imaginable project and all the follies of ambition i conceived no happiness but living near her nor could i take a step without feeling that the distance between us was increased i returned therefore as soon as possible with such speed and with my spirits in such a state of agitation that though i recall with pleasure all my other travels i have not the least recollection of this only remembering my leaving lyon and reaching annecy let any one judge whether this last event can have slipped my memory 
when informed that on my arrival i found madame de varence was not there having set out for paris i was never well informed of the motives of this journey i am certain she would have told me had i asked her but never was man less curious to learn the secrets of his friend my heart is ever so entirely filled with the present or with past pleasures which become a principal part of my enjoyment that there is not a chink or corner for curiosity to enter all that i conceive from what i heard of it is that in the revolution caused at turin by the abdication of the king of sardinia she feared being forgotten and was willing by favour of the intrigues of m d'aubonne to seek the same advantage in the court of france where she has often told me she should have preferred it as the multiplicity of business there prevents your conduct from being so closely inspected if this was her business it is astonishing that on her return she was not ill-received be that as it will she continued to enjoy her allowance without any interruption many people imagined she was charged with some secret commission either by the bishop who then had business at the court of france where he himself was soon after obliged to go or some one yet more powerful who knew how to ensure her a gracious reception at her return if this was the case it is certain the ambassadress was not ill-chosen since being young and handsome she had all the necessary qualifications to succeed in a negotiation End of section 9 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey